The Final Fantasy Wiki Podcast is brought to you by your friends at Microsoft HR. If you are getting this message, you have 15 minutes to clean out your desk before you're escorted out of the building by security. Xbox, powering your dreams. Music will play. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Fucking <laughs> oh man. It's a story of the moment. All right. It's extremely it important. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So welcome to the Final Fantasy Wiki podcast. I'm your host Blue Highland, and we're talking about Final Fantasy today, tonight. Yeah, indeed. Uh, but before we talk about Final Fantasy, we should probably talk about the state of the entire industry, because holy shit, this last week. Uh. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, joining me are um, some color mage. Who Hello. Said, yeah, he was the voice that went, uh, before. And uh, techno moderator. <laughs> Hello, I'm the voice that didn't do that. You're the voice that went, eh. Yes. I'm the voice that went that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, uh, so this is a this is a podcast about Final Fantasy, of course. It and, is indeed. Yeah, we run a wiki called uh, the Final Fantasy Wiki, and um, you know, I mean, is there anything more to say about that? Like, it, it seems self-explanatory. Well, we're the best one. I yeah, guess we you can are. Say that. And we will keep doing that until Microsoft or Google's AI strategy eventually destroys the ad market entirely, and then fandom shuts down. Yeah, we'll have a contingency we'll, plan. We'll, we'll figure something out. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll 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 figure it out, man. Yeah, we've I mean, figured a lot of things out so far. Yeah, it's not like fandom really is contributing much to this relationship. Let's be honest. Look, look, yeah, as long as they, no. look, as long as they don't self-destruct so badly that their GitHub repo goes off in a, up in a puff of smoke, I think we've got all the code we need to continue operating. Yeah. You know, two out of the three people here have worked directly for fandom, and, um, you know. And the other one is uh, used to uh, fixing them fucking up their own CSS. Yeah. Mm. So uh, we will continue to abide by our NDAs. Not that I think mine possibly anyone still cares about. It's been like eight years, but I don't know. <laughs> no, I doubt it. Oh, uh, we do have a new skin, though. Oh, yes. For uh, Final Fantasy VII Thank you. Rebirth. Yeah. That's right. Thank you, Sun Cloud Mage. So, about a month out, so we've, uh, we've, uh, replaced, uh, we've replaced old Clive with... Uh, with uh, the one of the uh, rebirth key arts and and uh, I mean I like the sixteen skin. It was an interesting challenge. It's but it's also something that only really works for sixteen, which means it's probably never coming back here, back again. Unlike next month or so when I have to bring the fourteen code back for the light theme. Mm. So Final Fantasy VII Rebirth will release on February twenty ninth, twenty twenty four. Which is yeah, annoying. Yeah, it's, probably it's insane, man. That's yeah, we'll have an episode, another episode before it comes out. That's an extremely annoying date because... Well, you know what? It's not that bad of a date because it gives me time to play Assassin's Creed. And I, but also... And a lot of people time to play Persona 3. You won't be able to 
Persona 3 is really long. That's the other thing I was about to say. Yeah, like, I'm I'm not even going to attempt that. I'm going to play that much later in the year, right? Like, I'm not even going to attempt Persona 3. I'm just going to replay FF7 Remake. Like Yakuza 8, like a Dragon 8. I, I'm going to keep calling it Yakuza. They'll, they'll pry that out of my cold, dead hands. But that's coming out, yeah. and there's no way I'll be able to finish that in a month. So I, I guess think that that's already yes, isn't it? I did it release today, or I don't know. Ah, uh, it's fine. I, I thought it was uh, was this week that it, uh, that it came out. At the time of recording, it will be out. So, um, Infinite Wealth is the subtitle of that thing, which uh, mm-hmm. is not the case of the video game industry right now, because uh, not at the minute, no, no. Uh, in this past week. There were massive firings at Riot. Uh, 2,000 people yep. got fired from Microsoft just yesterday at the time of recording. Uh, God, it, I think there were numbers calculated that something like 5,600 people have already been laid off in January. Yeah, it's something like half of last year's numbers in just this month. Yes, so yeah. about 10,000 10, people got laid off in 2023, and we've already had that in the first month of 2024. Yeah. Yeah, meanwhile, people were telling me stuff like, you know, the, the Microsoft Activision merger was going to be great for the industry. Yeah, great, maybe great for the industry if you live in Japan, while it's clearly just devastated the industry in every other country. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I was always, like, I was always so hopeful that that merger would get blocked. Like, yeah, I'm on the side of... Oh, absolutely. I wasn't putting out yeah. hope for it, but the CMA block was like the funniest thing that's happened that yeah, entire saga. I was, I was so hopeful that it would get blocked, and then it sadly didn't get blocked. What's wild is that like, of all the places, Great Britain was the one to have the right call on that. Every other, I know, man. Everywhere else got it wrong, except for Great Britain. Though the United right. States did, the US government did try its best. And then fell. Well, yeah. some of the U.S. government tried yeah. the best, and then some of the senators accused them of uh, of trying to help the Japanese gain a monopoly over the industry, because your senators are all fucking idiots. Um, yes, uh, absolutely true. Even the ones that people like uh, have turned out to be complete fucking idiots. Uh, so um, there is more context to this entire thing. Um, I, you know, I forgot to share this with all of you, but there was a very good article that came out this week. There was actually two really good articles. One was a games industry biz article uh, that was talking about how the next two years, a lot of uh, gaming bigwigs are expecting big closures and the doom and gloom of all that. There was another even better one. Yes, closures. They're saying that 2020... Closures of studios? Yep. They're saying 2023 okay. was the year of the layoffs, and 2024 will be the year of the closure. Okay. Well, okay. Like, the thing is, that's already started last year because uh, uh, of Embracer Group having overspent, and then the Saudis decided not to uh, you know, actually pay off all the debt that they'd thrown up. And so Embracer just, uh, well, let's just start shutting everything down. Yeah, um, Embracer Group right now is extremely over leveraged, but that always looked very sketchy. Um, I, mm. I am hopeful that a lot of what got bundled up into there will eventually find its way out and be okay, but who knows? Um, another, I think, even better article this is from somebody named Matthew Ball. 
that I discovered recently. This is an extremely detailed economic breakdown of basically the entire video games industry's, like, climate and health. Uh, he goes in with... I am deeply impressed by the level of uh, detail here. This is like 20,000 words, it seems like. Uh, so a few of the things he mentions is that the entire video games industry in 2023 grew by 1%, which is below inflation. And that's even yep. calculating the fact that 2023 was a very, very good year in terms of the crop. Like, it was the first year in two or three that felt like this is a full calendar it was the first year that had a lot of very exciting game releases, like, you know, of course, uh, what was the one that everyone, uh, Baldur's Gate 3. You know, yeah, kind of that was the biggest one. There. Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2 is another thing that he brings up here because uh, the headwinds for Spider-Man 2 are also not that great because Sony really? spent a ton on that game. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, they spent a ton. Have you heard the story? This came out like last year. This is I a lot of this is stuff that's related to the insomniac leaks, but Sony Sony is really yeah showing the problems with uh, with their current strategy because like you know back in you know PS1 PS2 days where when all of us started Sony was known for just you know doing whatever on a small budget and it was a cool <laughs> thing. They they went almost entirely in on on these AAA cinematic experiences, and they're just spending what feels like exponentially more and more for the exact same results. So, you know, right. come around this year, they'll probably stop turning a profit on those things because they're just spending too much. Yeah. Uh, right. The other no, problem, that makes sense. Uh, the other problem is that Spider-Man 2 actually sold less than both Spider-Man 1 and Miles Morales. I think his Well, that's not are... shocking at all. Like, that's not shocking, considering those came out on PS4, and this is a PS5 exclusive. Yes, he does mention uh, that. Ac yeah, actually, yeah. platform, it doesn't seem to be that big a deal. The PlayStation 5, no. for most of its history, has sold at the exact same rate that the PlayStation 4 did as its equivalent to age. Yeah, so at yeah this but point... when Spider-Man... When the first Spider-Man came out, that was near the end of the PS4's life cycle, and this is near the start of the PS5's. Yeah, but I, I think the PlayStation 5 has been selling at extremely high rates, and he does mention, he does kind of put this in here, like his calculations mm. of just how well things are selling. Uh, that The PlayStation mm. 5 has done extremely well. Uh, Microsoft, by the way, has done extremely poorly in terms of its sales. It's like 10% of the industry now. Uh, no, yeah, I don't understand. And they're still doing strategy. better than last generation. Yes. La last uh, last right. gen, uh, Sony outsold them three to one. This gen, it's two to one. Yeah, yeah I still don't really get Microsoft's strategy because I don't know. Like, there's no way that Game Pass is actually profitable for them. It isn't. Right. Like, I like, don't. Like I don't can, get what they're doing. They, they can bring up whatever numbers they have, but this was something in the Insomniac leaks. Uh, yeah, where uh, where there was some documents from Sony uh, comparing the sales of uh, Horizon One and Horizon Two, mm. and and those games had the exact same curve for for its equivalent age, until the point where they put Horizon Two on uh, on uh, the PlayStation Plus equivalent of Game Pass, 
the the uh, the amount of new players increased at the same time, but after that point, Horizon 2's actual sales fell to zero. Mm. So Sony came to the so Sony have actually come to the conclusion that it's impossible to put something on a Game Pass like service and have it make any money. Right, not shocking at all. Ultimately, though, um, he does have some like graphs that are showing like the size of the video game industry uh, over the last uh, well since 1985 is what he has. So you can kind of see mm. um, like there's like chunks here. So like green would be console, blue is PC, black is handheld. Black handheld has basically disappeared since the switch has happened. Yeah, uh, and uh, yep. tan is mobile. So you'll see that the green and blue and whatever those charts slowly balloon but it actually starts shrinking for a little bit towards the end here and mobile explodes mobile has been where most of the money and growth in the video game industry actually has been over the last 10 years and in yeah. 2023 the last few years all the numbers are starting to point down for mobile well that's, I mean, that's, not, that's also that's, not shocking yeah that's no surprise at all once uh, once industry crackdowns start coming to mobile its profits are going to start collapsing because yeah you know, gotcha that yeah. Beca- yeah i mean that plus like the the mo the mobile market seems so saturated right yeah like you know you go like whenever i'm playing like duolingo playing whenever i'm using duolingo right there's all these ads for all these mobile games and they're all like the same game it's like the same thing. It's like, you know, here's Temple Run, but we put a different skin on it. Here's like uh, Clash of Clans, but we put a different skin on it. It's all like the same thing. So that market seems so oversaturated. It is extremely profitable and it is also extremely difficult to get into. Much like the uh, yeah. kind of games as lifestyle sort of things, the, uh, you know, the Roblox or the Minecrafts of the world. Like those are, those yep. are the golden gooses that'll give you infinite profit the problem is there's well, really only room for like yeah. one two maybe three tops and it's kind of impossible to well even mmos them. too right yeah. like mmos yeah. the same story right we're yeah which is why that industry is mostly mostly not a thing anymore like like it is just it is basically just 14 world of warcraft and a bunch of smaller games that that uh you know, but to, you know, use pay-to-win or cosmetic uh, models to just uh, rely on people, people whaling. Yeah. Speaking yep. of uh, World of Warcraft, speaking of World of Warcraft, Microsoft laid off basically the entire customer service team for that. <laughs> Fuck it. It's going to go to fucking hell so fast. Yeah. Yep. I, I I don't know what they're planning on doing. Yes. Oh, AI will take care of it. it. Everyone, everyone loves interacting with AI or computers instead of a person when they want customer service. Mm-hmm. That that's yeah, what the consumers bullshit. call for. They want to not talk to a person when they have a problem. Bullshit. Yeah, it it's pretty grim. Is uh, the conclusion that this Matthew Ball gentleman comes up with? Uh, well, the... the thing is, right. Yeah. The thing with the gaming industry right now is. Two, there's basically two major things going on with it. The first one is, you know, we're still very much in a post-coronavirus world, right? You know, and during that pandemic, like, gaming exploded 
for obvious reasons. You know, people didn't really have many other entertainment choices, you know, when they're stuck in their homes. So gaming exploded during that time. And, you know, that was when, like, the whole tech industry was operating on these, these stupid-ass growth models where they thought that growth would be infinite yeah, and weren't they, accounting... They... Yeah, and those models also especially made no sense because uh, they uh, were relying on high amounts of borrowing when the interest rate on the global level was close to something like 10 basis points. Yes. Right. That, that, was, yeah, always, that was the second thing. That was always yeah. unsustainable. Yeah, that, that, that was the second thing, was also because of coronavirus, you know, it basically led to this massive amount of inflation because the supply chains all got fucked up. And so as a result, interest rates have increased, which means you're going to get much, you know, it's it's much more expensive to borrow money now for something like a video game. So between those two things of, you know, the consumer base moving a little bit away from it and, you know, that, like, obviously it was going to hit this industry a lot. So I think between that and, you know, there's, with with this whole, like, there's more spaces that gaming's trying to move to. Like, they're still trying to make virtual reality a thing, which maybe it will be. And then this, you know, like, cloud gaming is still not there. Like, you know, there's there's a lot of people who think it might be a thing. But uh, like, just you know, to make sure, by, by cloud gaming, you mean things like uh, the uh, Long Gone Stadia, right? Oh, uh, yeah, things like that. Things like Xbox, whatever, Xbox Game Pass. Like... Between that... Oh, yeah, that has cloud functionality too, I guess, yeah. Yeah. Is like, Amazon... Uh, it's gonna uh, be... Is Amazon Stadia still happening, by the way? Is that thing still running? Amazon Stadia? Uh, uh, I forget what it's called, but Luna. I don't remember it ever going away, so... Amazon Luna. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, that's it, Luna. Amazon um, Luna. I don't, I don't remember hearing it. Yeah, it's Well, a, the it's Wikipedia page says... Yeah, the Wikipedia says Amazon Luna is a cloud gaming platform, which yes. suggests to me they haven't shut it down yet. But, um, yeah, I mean, between all of that, like, I feel like uh, we don't, like, we're not going to really see, like, amazing times for the gaming industry anytime soon. But, you know, long term, I'm, like, we'll get to a better place long term. It's just, you know, between those things happening... Like yeah, it was it was definitely going to hit this industry. Uh, there's another problem. Speaking of the entire interest rate thing, which is that a lot of investor money has become more and more cool to video game ventures, and this is becoming right. a real problem in the indie space where you need the VC money in order for you to start your next project up, and a lot of places yep. are suddenly discovering the usual four or five guys they'd call the banks like, all right, we need a loan. We're making our next game. Uh, They don't want to take their calls anymore. And that is going to be a bad problem, not just in the large AAA space, but also in the on the ground, like, you know, the more innovative indie space, which everyone's so proud of. It's like, Ooh, it's not, it's bad already in terms of how much competition you have. It's bad to even get started now. I I don't know. It depends on the, the, Depends on the scale of the indie, because, yeah, these small companies are definitely not going to have a good time. In fact, I know some that definitely haven't, including down here. But uh, it's probably going to be an age of explosion for the for the single guy just fucking around with uh, 
with whatever free engine he can get his hands on. Because yeah, oh, that's saying, all that's going to be left. Yeah, what I was saying is I don't see like much of a silver lining. Like, I am pretty... Short term, I don't see any. Yeah. Like, short term, no. But the, the silver lining I see long term is that... You know, this is, I still view this, what what's happening now as like an adjustment period. And this isn't the first adjustment period gaming has had, you know, and it won't be the last, you know. So I think when, you know, when, when we figure this whole thing out, right, you know, and especially if we still, we start to still see more, more and more gains in terms of like unionization in video games, right. I think long term we'll get to a better place. It's just we were always going to struggle, like right now. And the the best possible outcome, even if it will also be paired with multiple terrible outcomes for parts of the industry, is that it, it kills the AAA funding model, and we see a shift back to smaller and more affordable projects. Because yeah, it that that funding model just doesn't work. It, it's uh, exponentially higher costs for no increase in profit. Well, well, as an example, another thing that came out from the Insomniac leaks is, and this made me very happy, turns out Ratchet and Clank, very profitable. It turns out. Um, and they actually were projecting it to lose money and they were thinking, oh, well, it's fine because it's just going to bring more people to the platform, right? And it turned out they actually made a good profit on it. That's you know, a, it was that's a, a lower investment game. That's right? a, and it was a good part, return right? on investment. Don't, uh, both. Both oh, of them. Both, it was oh, the oh, PS4 I the game. The movie tie-in didn't do well. Okay. No, the movie tie-in was... Uh, the movie itself was awful. The movie itself was... Uh, that was a, a massive flop. Did anyone but the see movie that? tie-in... I did, okay. unfortunately. <laughs> um, oh, the movie yeah, tie-in the movie, was the... good. I, I played a demo of it. Yeah, it was really solid. Oh, yeah, right, it's a very right. good the game. game was brilliant the game was brilliant um and it was it was a massive profit for the company and um so was so was rift apart but it's an example of them spending less money but having a still pretty substantial return on investment so if there is a silver lining for me then it means i get more games like that but um but yeah like it's we're in an interesting place right now I think, so we'll see what happens. You know, I need to find a silver lining, so I'm going to go consider one. Uh, he does mention that video games are still like $185 billion or some ridiculous figure, and that's right. not going to shrink very yep. quickly. That's That money's still going to be there. People still want to play games. I guess the best silver mm. lining is that a lot of what I consider to be really crappy and scammy practices, you know, kind of like gaming SEO try to go and yeah. gain money for let's say a few years until eventually that crashes all that is gonna eventually have to go away so this kind of yep. pivot that everything has to be a destiny or whatever the hell because um, I can tell you uh, Justice League kill uh, what is it kill the Suicide Squad Suicide Squad kill the Justice League yeah that, that game yeah, Suicide Squad kill the Justice League That's that the game is gonna sell about four copies total that game looks yeah. like shit I it actually it's am, a shame I'm it's so sad that, that it's uh it's what's his name's last like, performance is Batman I'm so sad yeah like, like talking talking about yeah. impending closures that game is guaranteed to kill Rocksteady that's such a shame it, like, it, it, was, like, exactly, like, yeah. it, like it sucks but they've bet like 
what nearly a decade's worth of their funding on this game, it's it, it's not going to work out. Yeah, it's yeah, brutal. it's a shame. But like that, that's the kind of game that's like, no, there's no future for that kind of thing, and everyone's starting to realize what a terrible bet that is. Versus yep. a more reasonable project of let's just release a game, and we know it's going to sell about five million copies. And we could find a better way to budget this along the way. And that, that can be much more sustainable. Yep. I, I, I can only hope that uh, Sony Interactive Entertainment's next CEO, the first thing they do is just look at all of these live service uh, projects. They go, and go, what the fuck is this? And cancel a bunch of them. I mean, they already because, are. You know, like, yeah, because, you know, like even Bungie was saying, oh, they, these are all shit just, just before their own started going to shit. Yeah, they cancelled the they cancelled the Naughty Dog one. Yes, and um, there were there, there was like talks in the leaks that Insomniac was possibly working on one. I very much doubt that's still happening. Yeah, it seems like a time when if you were going and tying your star to the Destiny, I, I don't know what metaphor I'm doing, but if you're trying to be Destiny, <laughs> not even Destiny wants to be Destiny anymore. So it's a bad time to do that. Yep. Indeed. Instead, what you need to be is apparently a game where you fuck bears. Or, uh, <laughs> or you're Wooloo with a machine gun. That's, that's I, what the consumers I mean, want now. Yeah. Like, uh, like, like people like dumb shit. But that's yeah. not really a secret. It's, it's not even really lowest common denominator. You <laughs> just do something interesting. Like, yeah. I mean, even if Power World is, like, has not an original idea in its head, it's it's done it in a way that's funny enough for people to just like it. Oh, by the way, um, if you want to be just appalled, like, you want your day ruined, look up Pal World Pal number 69. Oh, my dear God. I, I am not going to do that. I'm like, not going to look I, that up. I, <laughs> I have gotten a good enough picture just from the number. Thank okay. you. It is... <laughs> It, that game, I hate that game, and I hate everyone that likes it. It's fucking reprehensible. Fuck that game. Um, I just don't give a shit about that genre. I like Pokemon. That's... I don't care. I don't care about survival games at all. And neither does uh, Microsoft, considering they fired everyone that was working at Blizzard's survival game. The whole studio, just gone. All of you gone. Uh, so we should talk about uh, Final Fantasy news, right? Mm-hmm. In theory. Yes! Let's get on to that. <laughs> Okay, so should we start with the 14 stuff that happened at the beginning of the month or the big draw with uh, Rebirth? Uh, that's annoying. Both of you cut out a little bit while you were talking. I should make a note. Uh, I was just saying, where where should we start? Because, like, the two... Because, like, I mean, there's a bunch of smaller stories and then uh, 14 stuff was early in the month and uh, yeah. then the Rebirth stuff happened later. Uh, yeah, yeah, why don't we get to 14... Why don't we get to 14 first? Because I feel um, like Rebirth is going to dominate everything. I want to talk... You know what I want to talk about first? We were talking about presidents a second ago. So we got yeah, a... yeah, pick up the smaller stories. We got other industry aspects yeah, yeah, yeah. of shit on. Yeah, we actually do, okay. as it turns out. We have yet more. Uh, so we got a letter from the president of Square Next. Uh, his name is President Square... What is this guy's name again? I forgot. Uh, it's <laughs> yeah, uh, like his name is Tim Apple. Well, you know what? His name is not at the top of this. Where is it? Oh, Takashi Kiryu. 
Uh, so I have a paragraph of his that I figured I'd quote. So here we go. This is Takashi Kiryu speaking right now. President Square next. <clears throat> In terms of new business domains, we previously identified three focus investment fields, namely blockchain entertainment, web 3.0, AI, and the cloud. Last year, we redefined our overarching mission and goals for these three fields. And there you go. That's yeah, so, so, same shit as same shit as the last guy. And every time Squares branched into one of these things, they failed. So, like, yeah, basically, all we're going to get out of them is just mocking them. So, same same shit of as those, usual. The only one I think has a shred of potential is the cloud. And even that, I feel like we're so not there yet that it does not strike me as a, as a small investment in the least. Whatever happened to that blockchain game that Square Next was like teasing last year? Uh, some review build of it came out and it seems to... And I have no idea what the fuck is going on with that. Symbiogenesis um, is what it was called. Yeah. Uh, let's look it up. All I know about blockchain uh, is that Snoop Dogg used to go all in on it, and then he put all his albums on the on the uh, on fucking crypto, and I was so pissed off. Uh, he only buy his albums on crypto, and then a couple years later, he took that uh, NFT off his profile and put all his albums back on Apple Music, and I was like, oh, thank God. And oh. he's clearly not doing that anymore. Well, I have some bad news. Symbiogenesis was formally launched on December 21st, 2023, based on the Silicon Nera article. Uh, oh, here's a fun fact. It requires all users to have a MetaMask NFT wallet and a Discord account with two-factor authentication enabled. Oh, God. Fucking hell. <laughs> yeah. You can get it on PC, Android, and iOS devices right now. Fucking hell. I thought the trailer music the was really good for that. Uh, maybe there's a full version of it now. Yeah. What is the point, man? This fucking NFT bullshit. I don't think they know what the point is either, because it's like something like uh, all the people who buy in are going to be able to determine what happens in the story and whatever. Have you listened to the ideas of people who buy NFTs? It's going to be the worst right. thing ever written. <laughs> I don't know. Are, are these it's like the so people stupid. that are telling us that, you know, AI is going to be our new cyber god? Actually, yes. Oh, great. <laughs> I can't wait till the hype and all that shit comes crashing down. And Tech to an extent, a lot of it yeah. already has. Yeah, Techno, the, it's the, funny the you NFT, saying that, actually, because I'm the, just... the, the NFT weirdos and the Gen AI weirdos are the exact same weirdos. It's like... Yeah, you know, all all of the scam accounts at uh, at Twitter will go into both. I want to hear what Blue had to say. Man. Techno, you were the one that was talking like ten years ago. Like, man, we just need a robot god to take care of all of this, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no comment. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm so glad that we've steered you away because there's a future where you could have easily have been one of these NFT weirdos and. <laughs> <laughs> Like, 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 you know, on the plus side, you clearly never got that bad because I never saw you believe in Rocco's Basilisk. I don't know. Oh, what, fucking hell. What the hell is that? Rocco's Basilisk is basically what if Pascal's wager but God was a computer. Oh, okay. That's like uh, the universe is most likely a simulation, that kind okay. of physics thing. 
Yeah, and like you have to give the the you should you should give the the uh, the uh, the organization that will make the super AI all your money because if you don't, this AI might create might create a parallel universe where it can torture this parallel version of you for eternity because you didn't give it money and it, it's so fucking stupid. This sounds like a story idea I once had and probably still should write. Uh, but I will not spoil that here. I'll eventually write that story. Uh, all right, so we should move on to our next uh, Final Fantasy story, which is a quick one, because I, I don't imagine much of us, any of us will have much to say about this. Um, Final Fantasy VII Remake has been summoned to the Outlands. So you can get a Buster Sword, Materia, and new skins in Apex Legends. Oh yeah, 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 I saw that. Yeah, that's work was so horrifying. It man. is. It's I like... saw like, I'm not gonna lie. I get though. I get it mixed up with Fortnite, right? Uh-huh. And I thought like, uh, because Fortnite they're doing one with Metal Gear Solid, right? And I thought, oh, it's you can have fucking uh Cloud Strife fighting, fighting uh, uh old Solid Snake now. But of course you can't do that because they're different games. Yeah. Uh, so the, the the Fortnite Metal Gear thing is is such a travesty. They've managed to give Snake even less of an ass than he does in uh, in Smash Ultimate. Uh, you were talking about the art. The art has like this Aerith here, who is like the ugliest Aerith I've ever seen. What a shame. Uh, no, so so here's what is interesting about the the Apex Legends collaboration, right? Square Enix tried to get into the whole. The whole uh, battle royale shooters thing with their right, own with game, the with, the soldier, first, yeah. with the first soldier, and that obviously failed. So they said, "Okay, well, we still want to be in it, and we still want the money from it somehow." So I guess if you can't beat them, join them. Okay. Um, so we'll move on now to. Oh, you know what? I should have ordered these differently because uh, Foam Stars. Remember Foam Stars? This oh is, yeah, I do remember. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, I want to just talk about fun Final Fantasy things, but like it really is like the gloomiest episode we've ever put on because uh, <laughs> Square Next last week confirmed that Foam Stars is going to have uh, some AI generated art. Oh fucking no! Yeah, they're using Mid Journey, but like in like the tiniest way possible, where they're using it just to create like assets for in-game album covers what that's it oh i mean this is this is more dead on arrival than it was already going to be i mean is dead on arrival once it seemed like it's going to be like the buy the full game and also there's microtransactions well that has not fucking worked and your competitor is splatoon which is just a one-off fucking purchase and people like splatoon and um i i'm I'd be curious to play Foam Stars at least once. I don't know. Like Same, it's an yeah. interesting. I think it could be fun. Like it's an interesting concept having you know this kind of Splatoon concept actually change the change the arena. But yeah, it's like the game itself does. The game itself is doing its damnedest to keep people away from it. You know, I, I got really? a Wham fetish. Why not? This seems like an okay game. Uh. So, um, oh, yeah, Tekken. One last thing. Before we get to, like, the real stuff, let's talk about Tekken. So, this happened also yesterday. Uh, Everyone suddenly started demanding that Tifa be in Tekken 8. 
to the point that uh, that's not sudden. Okay, I, I guess I guess it this has been a running sudden. thing. No, this, this has been is, a movement yeah, for this years. This has been this has been demanded since Noctis appeared in Tekken Seven, right? Wow. So Noctis was in Tekken Seven, and people were like, "Well, why is it Noctis when you have like one of the monk characters that seems to fit better?" And obviously, oh, the monk it? character. Well, why was it Noctis? Maybe it had something to do with when Tekken Seven and Final Fantasy Fifteen came out. Well, of course. I mean, that's that's obviously to do with it too, right? But everyone was saying, well, like, well, why don't we get one of the Monk characters? And obviously, the most logical choice is Tifa. You know, she's the most popular of them. And also, you know, Seven is, for obvious reasons, having a moment right now. So it's been, yeah. like, this kind of long-running thing. Anyway, continue the story. It eventually hit the point that uh, Kazuhiro Harada who I believe is a Tekken producer of some kind. He's the yeah. producer, yeah. yeah. He's the he's like the equivalent of whatever the Smash guy's boss is. Okay. Uh, Takurai? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, all right. So he'd like be the director then. So quote is... Yeah, yeah. Quote is, We all know she's attractive, and I understand that. But as of yet, we have not decided anything about guest characters, etc. So I want to be kind to him and say that uh, that was a mistranslation and he, he meant to say an attractive prospect. Uh, I'm not sure if that's true, but I, I guess fine. Might might not be true, but... I, I prefer the previous way. version where he's like, yes, we're all horny for her, but we, we yeah, need... Frank, no. Frankly, it could have gone either way. Yeah. Yeah, so basically what they're saying is they haven't uh they haven't decided on the dlc for it right um i read a comment somewhere that said that basically the inside rumor is that she's really expensive to get as a dlc which i guess it makes sense because you know obviously cloud being in smash brothers well smash brothers sells a hell of a lot more than tekken right so from that perspective like i guess that makes sense but to me, like, I feel like when there's been so much noise about a collaboration like this, then it always, always, like, it almost always amounts to the developers come out and say, yeah, we've heard about it, um, we're thinking about it. And then later on, it actually happens. Yeah, I, I think they're just waiting for the check to clear, really. I mean, yeah. I, it might actually be Cloud again, considering he is in Smash, and so is Sephiroth. Well, yeah, I just feel like a Monk character is so much of a better fit. Like, I just, I feel like yeah, Tifa that's, is just that's very, for that. Yeah, that's very Tekken. It's a very, you know, it's a very, like, close quarters 3D brawler kind of game, so... well, well Let I... me just say, I haven't played a fighting fighting game since Soul Calibur Five. And I played it because Darth Vader was in it, right? I would buy this. And I, uh, I wanted to buy Mortal Kombat when they put the Terminator in it, but I didn't have the money at the time. I would buy Tekken 8 if Tifa's in it. Uh, what was... I just had something to say and then I completely forgot what it was. What the hell was oh, it? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, 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 yeah. I was making a stupid air gaze joke. Yeah, we'll, we'll always have uh, air gaze yeah, at least. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. At least we'll always have air gaze. All right, so uh, Final <laughs> Fantasy fourteen, we should do it, right? Right. So yeah, early in the month we had uh, the last uh, fan fest of the Dawn Trail uh, 
reveal cycle. Um, and uh, right at the beginning, they were answering a few of the questions of stuff that was uh, uh, clearly missing from uh, from the previous uh, the previous announcements. Because like uh, just right in the fucking trailer, they showed what uh, they showed the second of the new jobs, which is uh, pick the answer based on uh, on realm from six. And also, they showed female Hrothgar, finally. Oh and yeah, ev- yeah. And I and everyone immediately insisted that they're not a furry, but... Yeah. Of course, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I hate that shit. Um, you hate that people are horny for animals, people, or that they're not being honest with themselves about how horny they are for animals? No, I just... I hate uh, I hate that, that like, at any time... It, it just feels like they, they just seem to ruin everything they touch now. Like, And like, maybe that's just my like trauma from being a ratchet and clank fan where that look, suddenly became the whole discourse around that game i was just like shut the fuck up and let me look, enjoy the fucking look game. the reality is a ton of players of this game i in fact like it's definitely like a major near a majority play either either makote hrothgar or viera already they're all furries in denial um mm. anyway uh but yeah the um so there was uh, the the pictomancer job, uh, Yoshida Yoshida insisting that he is not going to cosplay this time because uh, like uh, having to wear uh, this outfit uh, is uh, beyond his age range apparently. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what, did, what do you mean beyond um, his age range? I think I think he means he's too. He's too old to rock the midriff. Oh, okay. Um, I think he could do it. He's skinny. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I mean, fr- frankly, like you know, the, if uh, if he's if he doesn't want to do something like like he's got Koji Fox right there, he'll do anything. Um, Koji Fox can, uh, rock the, can Koji Fox rock the midriff? He'd try to. All right. Let's, let's um, see what this guy looks like. I, I don't know. I'll tell like you. He, I'll tell you if he can he, rock the midriff. Like he probably couldn't, but he'd try. Uh, the thing I was most excited about was the Pictomancer man. Koji like, Fox cannot that. rock the midriff. I'm sorry to say. Yeah, I didn't say he could. I said he'd try. Okay, <laughs> but the answer yeah. is definitively: please do not. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, and like also. Yeah, female Hrothgar, like, you know, what, what's this say? It's mainly exemplified by one one of the new one of the new characters that was also showed up in the final story patch for Endwalker, which happened like a week later. And you know, story like the premise is fairly simple at this point that uh, that Hrothgar woman is a uh, Wuklamat. She's uh, an adopted princess of uh, Tulyolal, which is like the main country that encompasses most of Chiral. Her, her father is uh, is the current leader, the Dawn Servant. He's planning on stepping down, and there's going to be a big tournament between all his children and anyone else who wants to take a shot at the throne. And uh, Wuklamat's trying to do anything to win because one of her brothers uh, is. Uh, is uh, has been eyeing the three grand continents and this power vacuum that's happening now that Garlemald's collapsed 
and he wants to start a world war and take over. So, so she wants to defeat that brother by any means necessary. So, and sure. yeah, she happens to know a guy who knows a guy who just saved the universe. So, you know, why not hire him to help? Uh, yes, uh, I yeah, I, all that a common problem. I, I I had that problem in fifth grade. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know how you fix that? Good uh, night's no. sleep. How do you fix? Good night's sleep. Works every time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we are, yeah. we're kind of missing the most important Final Fantasy fourteen news. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that is, Hironobu Sakaguchi appeared on stage at the Fan Fest this month dressed as a kappa. Yeah, yes. Uh, yes, he, he showed up in the middle of one of the panels, uh, panels dressed as kappa, He's just there to ask ask Yoshida when they're going to add this outfit to the game. Oh, there uh, aren't okay, Kappas yeah. in the game yet? Well, there's no Kappa outfit. Oh, okay. But there are Kappas, I guess. Yeah. It would have been yeah, funnier like, if he just, like, he's just wearing this random mythology monster <laughs> costume, and he's like, put this in the <laughs> game, please. And yeah. yeah, she's just like, okay, eventually, and then Hironobu Sakaguchi tries to leave, but then he trips over. And then he hugs yep. him. Do we discuss the Pictomancer um, job yet? Oh, well, it's Realm okay. from Final Fantasy XIV. I mean, Realm from Final Fantasy VI. From um, no, Final Fantasy yeah, VI, yeah. Yeah, basically, no, how, like, the idea is that, you know, the Pictomancer basically just paints things into reality to attack things with. Uh, yep. Yeah. The description is that, like, it's a caster. Uh, and it's a DPS job? Yeah, yeah, it's a caster. Um, okay, so, right. So like, and uh, that's exciting. Like, there's I love that job. And like, it's some t- and it's sort of somewhere in the realm of uh, of black mage. And there's it's it's a bit more support than black mage, but it's still missing a bunch of the regular support stuff. Caster things like like black mage, Hictomancer uh, won't won't be able to uh, to res fainted party members, like. Like that is one of Black Mage's big limitations. It's got extreme power, but it can do do bugger all else. Um, hmm. So so yeah, it's sort of like a middle ground between Black Mage and the other casters, I guess. Uh, they also announced that uh, they also announced that during uh, the Dawn Trail patch cycle, they're going to add Beastmaster. It's going nice. to be like blue. It's going to be like Blue Mage, just a limited job that has like its own own sort of side content that's not part of the main story or anything. Um, nice. Are they ever going to run out of right. like, job ideas or do they just keep adding jobs forever? Uh, they might just add them forever. Like uh, uh, They don't uh, have to put as much effort into the older jobs anymore because uh, starting with uh, Shadowbringers, they merged all of the all of the job quests into uh, you know, into into shared routes for every type of job so like there's there's only one set of job questers for casters in uh, in endwalker and like going on to dawn trail it's probably going to be the same except there'll also be a short a few extra quests for pictomancer because that's new for the expansion um so so like there's so like they're not being bogged down by the fact that they add two or three new jobs every expansion um Hmm. What job also, do you want them to add 
from all the random background, what what would be the random Final Fantasy job you think they should throw in? I want them to add Holy Dragon. Holy, holy Dragoon, sorry. Oh, Holy Dragoon. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's it's only ever appeared when like with Kane in uh the after years, right? And it's such a unique thing. And I would love to see what they would do with that if they did anything with it. Like, like the thing is that they're not going to introduce any class that has to use the same weapon as one that's already in the game. Oh. Like if they start adding Holy Dragoon stuff, they would just sort of make that part of the Dragoon kit. Like like how Paladin is a mix of Paladin and the more non-Holy Knight stuff, because like they only started really adding Holy powers to it in later expansions, because like Paladin itself was kind of a, a translation quirk. It's just called Knight in Japanese. Hmm. Um, I'd throw uh, in the Arithmetician from Final Fantasy Tactics. <laughs> And they fight with abacuses. Oh god, that, that would like even if that was just a limited job, it would result in some of the greatest bullshit. Yeah, yeah. I bet you know what? Yeah. I bet you that in the next expansion, arithmetician will be the new job. Yeah, because yeah, like limited jobs are the designation for for jobs that would kind of be like true bullshit to work in to work in the normal game because it's like blue mage. And Beastmaster, so like they're they're both, you know, got this idea of having a bunch of having a big tool set comprised entirely of stuff you've taken from monsters and such. So like they can't really have those jobs do the do the normal story content because they can't actually guarantee where where a, where one of them would be on the power curve for a given level. Because hmm. Blue time... Mage has a bunch of really weird broken synergies to it. It's <laughs> It's kind of hilarious how stupid the, the the job can get. Man, every time I hear about fourteen and start talking about it, I want to play it. Like, you know, but various things have stopped me in the past. But maybe this will be the year I finally play it. Like, cause I bet it's gone so much easier to get into than when I played it. Cause when I played it, it was still kind of a slog at at times. There was a lot of like grinding shit. I bet it's so much easier now, man. I will uh, never so do and, it. I've accepted that reality. Yeah, so so anyway, they also showed more of Tural. Uh, up to this point, uh, Tural has been shown very much as you know, sort of like a inharmonious with nature type type place. You know, it's a lot of big environmental set pieces, and then they showed the second city of the expansion, Solution Nine. Which, this is uh, uh, fantasy can- Cancun, right? Yeah, this is. Uh, Whoa. Yeah, this is. So, this is some. This looks like something out of uh, oh, eight or thirteen. Beautiful. Yeah, that's academia that from Final Fantasy thirteen too, man. Yeah. Holy go! Fuck yeah, no, that looks amazing. Yeah, that is. Yeah, that's pretty much academia. I'm like ninety percent. Oh, I've missed when Final yeah, Fantasy for... used to look like this, man. Like, yeah, through you know, everyone. I know I might be in the minority. Oh wait, and, I just yeah, I know I'm in the minority for that shit. But like, oh and God. also one of the uh, other area artworks they show kind of implied that this is like a Midgar-like location where it's like on the, on a big metal metal pillar just above the world. Oh, sick! Like, oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. Look at that. 
Oh, I didn't even notice the big uh, anime eyes. So this is like full-on cyberpunk land on top of everything else. Yeah. Then it, yeah. Oh, this... Yeah. I miss when Final Fantasy looked like this, man. I know I'm in the minority for that. Like, I know a lot of people are really into the whole... Like, a lot of people really miss the medieval stuff. A lot of people really love the steampunk style. And I get that. And I get that you love that. But I personally... I miss the science fantasy shit, man. Because for me, I just found it so creative. Like, you know, bl this blending of sci-fi and fantasy that they did. Like, I really wish 13 was like this, you know, that was like what it lived up to be, at least amongst the fan base. I'm not shit-talking 13. I will. Right. But, well, fair enough. But um, I'm not saying that because I haven't played it recently enough to have an opinion on it. But like... You know, if that had gone down as, like, a beloved classic and non-controversial, like, I feel like we could have gotten more of this kind of stuff. Because I miss it, man. I miss when it looked like this. Like, but, you know, hopefully hopefully 17 or 18, man. Uh, I'll, I'll take care uh, of 17. I got you, Techno. <laughs> I appreciate it. I got my design doc ready and everything. And uh, you know what? Uh, it's going to be <laughs> under budget, too. I promise you. Hmm. <laughs> There, there was also this concept out for like the eight player raid series, which everyone immediately said, uh, like, that's just a GPU. That that just looks like a GPU. <laughs> it does look like a GPU. <laughs> it does, isn't it? Oh my God. <laughs> you know what? Maybe you're fighting your own GPU, and when you defeat this boss, it like auto crashes your computer. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Is that all our Final Fantasy fourteen stuff, or do we have... Uh, I'm just uh, just quickly looking over what else was there. Um, uh, I mean... Uh, what? I recommend that people look up these artworks, because these are actually very nice looking. Yeah. And, you know... Yeah, we should I've, link them in the description. And look yeah, up like, female Hawk... I... Hrothgar? Hrothgar? I like I right? think I hit all of the uh, all of the important points, yeah, and like I can just link to the to the gallery of all the artwork and stuff, so you can put it in the description or something. Yeah, and, and you know, yeah. also look up female Hrothgar because you know yeah. we all need to be Hrorny. <laughs> God, that is an unpleasant phoneme to say. I don't like that at all. H R. Everything mm. about what you just said is unpleasant. <laughs> uh, so, um, I guess I guess all we have left to talk about really is oh yeah yeah one one other thing. Uh, Yoshi P was talking about Final Fantasy 16 a little bit, which is that uh -huh. they're probably not going to make any more games in the Final Fantasy 16 universe. Uh, the right. uh, Creative Business Unit Three team will be mostly Final Fantasy 14 people. Uh, but mm -hmm. they do want to make another game using their experience, mm -hmm. which is kind of like a politician yeah. answer of like, well, I'm not saying no, mm. but also no, maybe. Like he's already made it kind of clear in the past that they were viewing 16 as a one and done kind of thing. He's also yeah. he's he's also said in the past that he is absolutely not on on 17, which means that one's not going to be under business unit three and like that's very different from what he said about 16 because he was deliberately being evasive saying i will not be the director of final fantasy 16 which, which he is wasn't. true he was he the wasn't. producer yes 
Mm. Yeah. Whatever those things but mean, like because, because those are very slippery concepts in the video game yeah. industry. But, but like because he is the head of Creative Business Unit Three, he is he is de facto on the te- on the team of every of every game the unit works on. So, yeah. How many business units yeah. are left at this point? Four. There's only four. Four. Oh. Yeah. What are the units now? Uh, well, one is uh, like basically the carrying on from Square, which, yeah, so like that's where you know, all of the all of the main Final Fantasy stuff is. I, you know, that's where Nomura is. That's where okay. Toriyama is. That's where. So right now they're on Seven. Yeah, their yeah. their big thing at the moment is Seven Rebirth. Two, I believe, is like the continuation of stuff that en- Enix was doing. And, so that's uh, and, Dragon Quest. Yeah. Yeah, and like three is mostly online, and four is mostly other. Uh, Team Asano, which is you know, bravely default and Octopath Traveler, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, they're they're unit they, four. Have they folded Luminous Studios into one of those? Yeah, L- yeah. Luminous would have been merged into Unit One, I believe. Yeah, that makes sense. Apparently, they had eleven at one point. They they merged a ton of the teams together. Like I don't think any of those teams were disbanded. It's just that they more thoroughly grouped them together. Yeah, this is this is confusing. You know, you should give your teams like real names instead of just numbers. Mm. Like oh, five used to be the fourteen ones, and I guess they got renamed to three. It, it looks, yeah. Yeah. Oh man, this is such a mess. I'm going through all the business units. Like, 8 was mostly doing remakes, looks like, for a while. 9 was Star Ocean games. And Schoolgirl Strikers. I don't know if this thing still exists. Uh, 10 did something called Kyrie Say Million Arthur VR. Good for them. Oh, who's on Kingdom Hearts? Is that one? That must be one. That that would, like, yeah, that's no... The, yeah, like Nomura and uh, uh, what's the co-director's name, Yasuo? Yeah, they're def- they're definitely Unit One. Hmm. Yeah. What a weird, weird freaking structure. <laughs> Very weird. Yeah. Uh, so, um, I guess we could wrap up with our Final Fantasy VII Rebirth news. I don't remember yep. what specifically we learned this month, other than we had a new trailer. <laughs> we had a new trailer. It was good. Um, good. Uh, I the, think it was the Sephiroth walking around trailer. It's kind of all I remember about yep. it. Yeah, then they did uh, the story so far trailer, which my prediction is I feel like the story so far thing, I think that's going to actually be in the game. Like, I think there's going to be like, when you load up a game, it'll be like, do you need to be caught up on the previous entry? And then they'll just play that. Oh, definitely. So, like, I did that for Kingdom Hearts 3 and stuff. Like, that. Right. Like, Square, Square is aware of some of these games with convoluted uh, continuity lockout problems and tries to address that. Yeah. So Actually, that's my prediction for that one. They'll make um, you play through the entirety of Final Fantasy VII Remake, but at the original pace of the first game. The voice actors were all in an event together recently. Uh, like, you know, I think... And they're doing... the Individually, they're doing separate ones soon, uh, separate places, right? Including one in Houston, which I'm going to. Oh, nice. Um, but, yeah. But, um, 
the the voice actors all did an event together and uh you know they get along super well which is which is nice to see but the main news that came from that was like after the fact brianna white which is Aerith's voice actress she gave this post that a lot of people have interpreted it as a farewell to the character as a farewell to Aerith, which She'll... suggests go on she probably will still have work to do in the next yeah, game, even, yeah, like even, yeah, like even if they play that scene entirely as it was in the original, which I still doubt. I think that they're, they're going to twist it. She yeah. would ha still have lines in part three. That's that oh, absolutely. Is, yeah, they like she's not going to be cut off if she dies. Absolutely, no. I I agree with that, but. It does suggest that she does still die, which anyone who thought she wasn't still going to die, I think was de delusional, personally, right? And it does suggest that, you know, that this goes up to, at the very least, it goes up to the City of the Ancients. Yeah, that seems like a good... So then if you do part three, I guess you'd cut out a large bit of the large materia quests because those kind of felt like filler in the original game anyway mm. oh they 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 were definitely filler so i'm actually i'm rewriting sephiroth's page right now mm -hmm. um it turned and the the things the, my main takeaways have been first of all it's a lot easier than i thought it was gonna be i was dreading this page and it turns out like sephiroth's story in the original you think of it as like actually super complicated and it's all confusing. But no, when you drill down to it, it does make sense. Like, you know, when you understand that like that whole bit where from where uh Sephiroth kills President Shinra up to the Worldwind Maze, when you understand that that's not actually Sephiroth, it's a version of Genova that's being controlled by Sephiroth, then it all starts to make sense. Right. Yeah, it's so um, simple I, <laughs> when you put it that oh, way. Oh, yeah, it's <laughs> it's weird, but it's also, like, makes sense, right, when you, like, piece it together. And then uh, I think they're moving away from that with Seven Remake from... because it seems like Sephiroth from, yeah, from it being Genova that is the Sephiroth. I think it's just the different Sephiroth clones can all be controlled by Sephiroth. And they can appear as Sephiroth. I think that's what's happening now. Um, so that was my first takeaway from that page. And then my second takeaway from it was that... Or was that my second takeaway? The fact I that they've know. moved away from it. Was that a remake? I Maybe that, that was felt my like, That felt takeaway. like a first takeaway. Sorry, what was that? I, I only counted one takeaway. Yeah, the takeaway was that it's a lot... His story is a lot simpler than I originally feared it was going to be. Okay. Is that there another the, That was the main away? thing. Uh, no, I think, it, I think it was that. I okay. think it was that uh, with Seven Remake, they seem to be moving away from that. Okay. They seem to be moving away from, it's not Sephiroth. Uh, it's not that Sephiroth is one, is just Genova, and that's the only Sephiroth we get up until the Northern Crater. It's more likely going to be the... Uh, Sephiroth can control all the different ones now, right? He can control the different clones. That okay, seems yeah, to be what's happening. Okay, you've 
Repeated the whole thing again. But there's only one takeaway. Right. If if you only count that as a takeaway, as one yeah, takeaway, right, that's right, fine. It's very important okay. that we um, have our takeaways in orderly fashion, and we precisely list how many takeaways we have. Yeah. Okay. Um. But yeah. So I feel like uh, City of the Ancients is a decent place to end the game. But I feel like the ideal place to end the game, if it was me, northern I would crater. end it at the northern crater. Yeah. 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 I would end it right after. Meteor Fall, and uh, because they have said in previous interviews that they were really inspired by Empire Strikes Back, which it feels like so many trilogies seem to follow that model, where like the second one is everything all goes to shit, and the third one is the heroes have to save the world after everything's gone to shit. The second one has Um, the dramatic reveal that blows your mind about what's going on, and the third one is let's go fix what just happened right right exactly yeah so, so matrix they, of and, course you go and talk to the old guy in the room with all the tvs and it turns out oh fuck this was all planned yep yeah so i feel like they could very easily they could very easily have an empire strikes back ending if Aerith dies but i think it would hit so much more if like you say there's the dramatic reveal of cloud is not actually cloud and um oh shit meteor has been summoned the world's about to end in seven days the weapons are coming out and you know everything yeah basically everything's all fucked and now the real sephiroth is back but they could do the dramatic reveal of ending in city of the ancients if they swerve wildly from Aerith dying or not dying right that's yeah so you know what I remember my I remember my second takeaway now. I'm so oh, stupid. Oh, 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 we finally have a second takeaway. I'm so excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my second takeaway was that um, I had forgotten how little Sephiroth was involved in this story after Northern Crater. Well, right? he's just, you know, he's in the thing the whole time. He's well, Yeah, Sephiroth yeah. himself isn't actually involved in in most of Seven's story at all. He's dead. Right. He's been dead from the beginning. Everything you see is Genova. Right, right. It's they did the Kafka thing, right? Where you know after the after the next phase of the game where the world's about to end, now the the big the, the big villain you don't see the big villain again up until you go and fight them. And I'd forgotten how much that was the case with Sephiroth. Well, yeah. So it's very important if you're a JRPG final boss that you go and sit in one place and let the player go and do all yeah. the side quests. Yeah. Oh, of course. And that's what Sephiroth slash Genova, whatever, is uh, doing in the Northern Crater in the third disc of that game. Hmm. Yep. Yeah, no. Uh, that's just uh, chill. Yeah, yeah. That's what it, it does. That's going to be really... That's going to be really interesting then if the third part is basically the... Um, if the third part is basically after Meteor Fall, which I, I imagine it will be... And then the world's about to end. And in the original game, a lot of that is like you say, it, a lot of it's filler because it's basically, it's like the world of ruin from Final Fantasy VI, wherein at that point, there's no longer a kind of story that you're really going through. It's more so, here's all the stuff you can do to get powerful enough 
to beat the final boss, right? And I wonder yeah, how they structure a third a, game around seven that. Seven is a bit more structured than sixes, though. Like, like six, mm. but the story basically stops once you get the new airship. Uh, seven, right. you still have stuff you have to do. You still have to do the large materia. You still have to uh, do the He's siege on Midgard. You, you still yeah. have to do the cloud memory stuff, yes. But, at, but and yes, like at that last moment, then yes, boom, tons of side quests. But there is actually st still a proper through route for most of uh, most of seven, where six and this is honestly kind of a problem with six. Once you once you've finished that first part of the world of ruin, it turns into a complete directionless sandbox. You know what? Okay, off topic. But it, it just it just struck me. I don't know if I've said this before, but I figured it out. I know what they're gonna do. With Go this on. whole this whole swervy swervy thing. So Zach is here and Zach's a wild card. But think about right. what Zach is. Zach plays basically exactly like Cloud. And why do you need mm -hmm. two clouds in your party? They're gonna kill Cloud. That's what's gonna happen. Mm. Cloud is gonna die uh, at the end I of Final Fantasy Seven Rebirth. <laughs> I don't, I don't know that that's gonna be what happens, but that would um, be the funniest thing, though. Like, but it is, it is, it does lead me to uh, the point I was gonna bring up. So thank you, that was a great segue. There was this one, the other piece of news that came out was there's a bunch of influencers who have all said they said something on the longs along the lines of, "Oh, I'm playing Seven Rebirth, and holy fuck, something just happened that was incredible, and I can't wait to talk about it." Which suggests okay. to me that it's playable Zach. Well, I assume that. Oh, I think that, that was an inevitability. Like, like you know, does did those they not Zach announce that? Aren't going to be like long cutscene interludes. I don't think they've directly said that he's. They playable. haven't directly said that. Okay. What they've said, what what's been confirmed about Zach, is that in Zach's timeline, you know, oh, let's. You know, the fucking multiple timeline bullshit, whatever. Yep, yep, like, yep. I'm just using Zach's timeline as a stand-in for where Zach is, right? Where Zach is, he has Cloud with him, right? And Cloud is... I don't know what's happening with Cloud. I don't know if Cloud is still, like, kind of in a coma sort of situation. <laughs> because Zach doesn't die in this timeline. And uh, Biggs is there because the rest of the party have died yeah but the but biggs is not so yeah like it it's... seems inevitable to me that there's going to be these interludes where your party is zach biggs and someone else like it could be cloud gets better it could be you know reeve is still pissed off about all of this so uh, you know his persona joins like could be <laughs> some completely it's unexpected other kate kate sif is a persona prove me wrong um mm -hmm. No, your logic is irrefutable, yeah. I'm sorry to say. But yeah, I, do, I don't know what the hell is going to happen with the Zack story. And that's like, it leaves me both excited and terrified. So, but also, uh, the, I don't think this timeline would exist if there wasn't something that was tying it back into the, into the main story. Right. So it's going to have to have a, some effect somehow. Hell, hell, this timeline exists because of the ending of Remake when when uh, the Whispers were killed. So right. 
Yeah, the most disappointing so, thing that could happen is if, like, this whole Zack thing just ends up being a meandering nothing and it, we're still on Final Fantasy VII track at the end of this game. Yeah, if, yeah. if something hasn't derailed the game, I'm going to be, I'm going to be disappointed, honestly, because, you know, people can say, oh, it's not faithful. I, I don't give a shit. I've played Final Fantasy VII before. While I would like the PlayStation Final Fantasy VII with a better translation... I do not need a trilogy of PlayStation 4 slash 5 Final Fantasy 7s to replace right. it. Right, and that, like, that's, that's very similar to how I feel about it, where I feel like, even though as I'm rewriting the pages for Final Fantasy 7, and now that I have it written down on paper instead of how like confusingly told it is in the original, right? And I, like, I have a more and more of an appreciation for it as I'm as I'm going through it that way and it's like it's seeming like a better and better story when you like understand that it is actually well thought out like I still feel like Final Fantasy 7 strength and I know there are some like hardcore like they they exist less and less nowadays but like these hardcore Final Fantasy 7 fans who the second you make like a light criticism they shut off the rest of the video and they're like no how dare you right but I feel like its strength was not its story. I feel like the strength of Final Fantasy VII was the setting, it was the characters, it was the materia system, it was the it was the soundtrack, right? To me, the story was not the strength of Final Fantasy VII. There were moments within the story that are extremely good, and from what I can tell, we're still getting those. We're still getting Bugenhagen. And everything that happened in Bugenhagen is, is the amazing. strength of Final Fantasy VII's story. <laughs> well, I mean, he was amazing, man. Come on, uh, okay. we're still getting the dying and Barrett stuff. That's still happening. That, that's something right, that like... they explicitly said. That you know, you know uh, one one of us said, oh, "Do we really need it? need it?" And the rest of us said, "Yes." <laughs> yeah, like it's st- <laughs> like that's all still happening. So you know, if it's told in a different order. And if the the final story ends up completely different, I really don't care. Like as long as it's done well, you know, I'm not interested in like you said a purist like just trilogy of retelling the exact same story all over again. I think Final Fantasy VII has one of the best stories that they've told in a Final Fantasy game, and. I would be interested in seeing that whole thing done again, but at this point, they've already thrown too many cards that were going metafiction, uh, Evangelion rebuild. So you you can't. It would be disappointing if you were to. No, do that's it. totally right. fair. That's right. totally you can't, fair. You can't undo seven remake. No. Yeah. Not, not at this point, anyway. I think that's I think that's a completely fair perspective on it because you know there's so much in Final Fantasy VII's story that I thought was really really good. Like you know, like I still like the like Bukenhagen, <laughs> but um, I feel like the best part of Seven's story, and this is interesting because it wasn't like when I first played it, my favorite part of the story was always the stuff that happened with Shinra. Like I always thought the environmentalism a- angle of it, and the whole like, what if you know a giant multi multinational corporation controlled the whole planet, and it was like. You know, I always thought, like, that was such an interesting take on a sci-fi world, right? And that was always the interesting stuff to me. And I never cared about anything that happened with Cloud or Sephiroth. And now I've completely changed my view on that. Like, 
I feel like Cloud's story is so unique and so well done and so interesting for a video game protagonist. And I feel like that was by far the by far and away to me the best part of Final Fantasy VII's story. And I never used to have that perspective before. So what I was always interested in was let's tell that story, but let's tell it better. And now that you have voice acting and expressions and um you know and uh what was i gonna say animations right you know you're not with just little lego block figures and text boxes then that that's all you need to t- oh. to tell the same story but better oh the right? lego block um, figures oh my god that reminds oh, me oh yeah man I, I told about this on the discord but i had a dream the other night some kind of major did you read this <laughs> Uh, I don't think I saw it. Sorry. Okay, all right. I read so it. There was. I had I this weird, weird dream. So, all right. It's Cloud and Company, but it's like the present day HD versions of them, and they're walking through like a factory or whatever, and they run into the original Polygon PlayStation versions of them, but they're not like polygons. They're mechanical puppets, like Five Nights at Freddy's things that have been rusting and rotting oh, for Jesus. the last twenty years. <laughs> And they're looking at them play out the scenes that are in their memory. So it's like Cloud's there, and he's like, wait a second, that happened to us, but what does this mean about our memory? Is our memory actually just some sort of construct that was built by somebody? And it turns out it's all like some sort of Shinra scheme. That would... Oh, my God. That that would certainly be an interesting take on it. No, but also, like, um, you know the whole scene in uh, in Whirlwind Maze in the original where Sephiroth's like... Uh, that he's trying to convince Cloud that he's not a real human being and that all his memories are fake, right? Uh-huh. Oh, that would be the way to do it, man. If that, were, like, if that no, happens in the real game, memories. if that happens in the game, I'll know that the world really is a construct. <laughs> man, man, I gotta wonder, how the hell are they going to adapt the ending of the temple? Because, you know, like, you know, the, the temple shrinks, Kate Sif as his uh, heroic sacrifice... And Cloud goes insane, starts beating up Aerif, and during this scene, Kate Sif just walks back on on screen. Hi, I'm the second model. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, <laughs> one, of the weirdest, that's like one of the weirdest parts of Seven. <laughs> maybe, about that. maybe you kill oh, off Kate Sif for gone. real this time. No, that's not going to happen. I wish they no, would. No, because he comes I, back. He comes, I hate he fucking Aerif. Look, I've I, I, I floated this idea before. You know, the, the, the scene is happening, Aerif is there, Sephiroth is coming down. Cloud realizes, wait, there's probably a third Kate Sif, just shoves the second one in the way. <laughs> you throw an infinite number oh. of Kate Siths with the problem and eventually it'll be solved. Oh, man. Um, Alright, we should probably... There's one last bit of news oh, okay, that came right. out. I was about to wrap up. But... Uh, Quote-unquote news. But um, it was the they're basically saying that you know the in the date scene there was the play right mm-hmm. and uh, i thought the play was fucking amazing in the date scene it's so fucking funny because everyone just answers that your enemy is that night yeah exactly like, there's no there's no other answer to that question right and apparently the new version is like an expanded version of that and it's gonna get quite like they're saying it gets quite emotional I can't wait to see what they do with that, man. Because the de- the date scene was so good. Is that when Aerith's going to be singing? Because we've seen that in the trailers. P- possibly, yeah. I mean, do you possibly think, that's it. 
Maybe, and that was definitely a gold source of things, so... Maybe every single person you date sings that song. I feel like I've done this joke before. I'm getting deja vu. But Barrett uh, could be the one singing that song. <laughs> oh, man. I can imagine John Eric Bentley singing that shit. Oh, think, he's... I think Barrett would nail it. I think he would. I think he would absolutely nail that. He, he's the uh, he's the requisite party member that sometimes uh, sometimes hums the victory theme. He he can keep a tone. <laughs> yep. Okay. Yeah, and he's the one who like uh, when you when you go off to one of the side quests in uh, in the underneath the plate. Then Barra sings this song. Is like, where could they be going? And it oh, just sounds oh, yeah. so funny in John Eric Bentley's voice. Well, I don't want Techno singing that song. I guess I'll learn that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, I think that should probably wrap us up this month. I mean, we don't really have like an extra theme or anything. Our, our theme this month was uh, the complete decimation of video games as an industry. Mm-hmm. So that was fun. Yeah. Pleasant episode. Uh, so we are the Final Fantasy Wiki, and this is the Final Fantasy Wiki podcast. Our music is by Expert Novice off the OC remix Balance and Ruin. Uh, it's based on Mount Colts. Thank you for letting us use that song. Uh, for all I know, Expert Novice has no idea that this song has been used for the last two years for this podcast. But I, I don't I, think Expert Novice does, but the OC remix do. Okay, right. So somebody knows, and uh, we thank yeah, them. Yeah, because we did ask them what the terms were, right? Yeah. And they basically said, yeah, it's fine. Just use it. Okay. Yeah. I'm not making money off of it. Yeah, all right. Uh, I mean, technically, you'd have to go through Square Next rights, but uh, I don't think they know either. And neither does Fandom.com. No one tell them. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm Blue Highland. I host and produce this thing. And uh, that's it. It's kind of the end of the show. Right? See you next time. Yeah, yeah I yeah. think that's it. How do you end a podcast? Do you do you actually do something or do you just ramble and meander and babble pointlessly? I don't I know. Think we just, I think we just inevitably cut ourselves off at some point and play the ending music. All right, we will do this. I have uh, I have the intro ready. I think it's a good one this time. <clears throat> the Final Fantasy Wiki Pod. Nope, someone's tapping. The Final Fantasy Wiki Podcast is brought to you by your friends at Microsoft HR. If you are getting this message, you have 15 minutes to clean out your desk before you escort it out of the building by security. <laughs> what the? Oh, my oh that's God. the darkest one we've done so far. What Xbox, the fuck, man? powering your dreams. All right. <laughs> let me get... What the fuck? Let me, get, let me get a clean version, too, so I can decide between the one where you laugh and the other one. So uh, okay. we'll, we'll go again.